By this point, we've started to get a sense of some of the different ways in which the media uses data to make you think numbers are big or small, making things seem less expensive by quoting a cost per week rather than a total cost, referring to percentages without revealing the number that percentages form a part of, referring to a 50% increase in something without pointing out the number was incredibly low to begin with. Often though, if we want to understand whether or not something's a big number, we need to find something to compare it with that isn't already there. With percentages, it might be obvious. Percentage of what? With a difference between two things, it's similar. But the comparison isn't always obvious, and the media often uses comparisons in a misleading way in order to make numbers seem bigger or smaller than they might do otherwise. One thing to think about is time. If I hear in the media that unemployment levels have gone down since last year, that sounds good. But it sounds less good if I know that last year was the worst unemployment's ever been, and this year's the second worst it's ever been. On the other hand, it's not likely to be realistic to compare unemployment this year with levels of unemployment since the beginning of time. If nothing else, the way unemployment is measured has changed, and the structure of the labour market has changed but it would be misleading to only pick one comparator. This is more obvious when we think about numbers that aren't related to time. If I sell a product that's the second most expensive on the market, I might describe it as being 50% cheaper than my competitor. And that would be true, but it would also be misleading. The price only seems like a small number with a misleading comparison. Let's revisit the conversation about defense spending once again. If you became aware of a discussion about a target set by NATO, you might think that the UK was spending an unreasonably small amount on defence if it was at risk of falling below this target. You might think that 2% was right down at the bottom of defence spending among NATO members. You'd be even more likely to think this if you saw data from other NATO member states whose defence spending was higher than the UK's. And you might think that the UK's spending was about average if you compared it with a few more countries. But if you compared it with all NATO members, you'd be more likely to conclude that the UK's spending on defence as a fraction of GDP is unusually high. And if you compared it with all countries in the world, you'd probably conclude that the UK's spending was somewhere in the middle. If you looked at the overall amount of money spent, rather than the fraction of GDP, you'd conclude something rather different. By focusing on the fraction of GDP, it's easy to forget that the UK's GDP is among the highest in the world. And when this is combined with the fraction of GDP spent, we can see that the UK was the sixth biggest spender on defence. So we've got lots of different ways to understand whether the UK's spending on defence is a lot. We can talk about a fraction of GDP, we can talk about a total amount of money, and we can compare each of these with the relevant figures from other countries. Another crucial one is looking at how things have changed over time. It's often easy to make numbers look like they're radically increasing or decreasing. Let's go back to defence spending for a final time. This graph makes it look like defence spending has been falling as a fraction of GDP and roughly as a straight line. But what happens if we look at a different part of the graph? If we compare the period since 1997, rather than just the period from 2009, 
it looks more like the fraction of GDP spent on defence has been fairly stable. In fact, overall gross domestic products in Britain fell in 2009 as a result of the global financial crisis. Because of this, the fraction of GDP that was spent on defence increased more sharply than the amount of money spent on defence. However, if we go back even further, we can see that defence spending as a fraction of GDP was much higher in the 1980s and early 1990s. This makes the difference look much more dramatic. However, part of the reason this looked so dramatic was that we hid the range of possible defence spends between 0 and 2%. This is what's called truncating the y-axis. Now, once again, this is starting to look less dramatic. So, deciding which observations to include and which to exclude will affect how people can interpret the data that's available to them. This is both a function of how far back to go and how much of the graph to show. Whenever a media source draws a comparison between different things, whether that's between countries, between organisations, between people, between time points, or something else, someone makes a decision about which comparisons to include and which to exclude. This might be transparent, where they tell you which they included and why, or it might be opaque, which could draw you to a misleading conclusion. In order to make sense of data in the media, it's important to understand how this decision was made and to consider which comparators might have been left out.